Life is beautiful, right? We just gotta figure it out. Whatever you do, don't quit. Man, there's gonna be hard times, but you gotta keep moving. You're supposed to feel, you're supposed to grieve. I think I've tried every diet in the book. What are the five tips to a successful relationship? Motherhood, it's scary, but listen, I love every moment, even the bad. Let's get real, let's talk about it. Hey family, how's it going? It's Angie Q here for episode two of the Angie Q podcast, and I'm calling it Motherhood Madness because if you guys don't know, um, you know, I'm 30 years old. I uh, recently had a little one, my girl Avery, who is officially nine months old, and I'm still new to the whole mom world, right? But one thing that I've learned firsthand is that motherhood is chaotic. It could be crazy, um, not only for yourself, uh, as you're learning, not only about your child, but you're learning so much about yourself um, throughout the whole thing. And not only has it been a crazy experience for me, it's also been one of the most rewarding, amazing, loved-filled journeys that I've ever will be on. So it's been the biggest blessing for me uh, and my family. And I just wanted to kind of have a conversation and get real about certain topics because One thing that I realized when I became a mom was that talking to other moms and like the blogs that you come across or maybe sometimes, you know, things that you're reading up on on the Internet or even in books, they kind of make things sound so beautiful and so rewarding, which at the end of the day it is. But I feel like they fail to kind of get really down to the nitty gritty of the reality of what you're going to experience once you become a mom. Um, There's a lot of things that people don't tell you, whether they're, you know, ashamed or maybe society just doesn't see it as okay to talk about, which I think is crazy because, yo, it's going to happen to everyone. So let's just talk about it. Let's get real. And um, I had the privilege of speaking with Amanda August and I came across her profile on social media, Instagram to be exact. And one thing that I loved about Amanda was that she's showcasing uh, her motherhood journey on social media. And she's doing it in such a wonderful, uh, down-to-earth, real way. And I got to learn a little bit more about her story. And we got to sit down and have a conversation. So this is what we had to say. Check it out. I am located in the Pacific Northwest, which is what's so fun about this conversation, kind of uniting both of the coasts. (laughs) Yes. Um, (laughs) But I was an elementary school teacher for about 10 years. And I was working in a school that is a trauma-informed school. So we have just lots of different kids that we work with and um, meeting all of their needs, all of their unique needs has always been um, a really big focus for us, not just academically, but emotionally. And when I had my kids, I slowly started to step out of the teacher world because I realized I just love being home with my kids so much. Um, So now I am a stay-at-home mom as of I made the official decision like two months ago. (laughs) Wow. Um, So so fresh. So fresh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we are just focusing on um, just really intentional parenting practices, breaking some generational cycles as we all are trying to, um, and then focusing on just slower living Um, since the pandemic. We've all kind of just slowed down a lot. So yeah, just trying to be intentional all around with how we parent our kids, with how we live our life, living on over a half acre, having chickens, 
Just, you know, I love all those it. Sorts of yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, you guys need to check her out on social media. It's amazing. Her story, I almost feel like every other morning you guys are waking up early. She's with the little <laughs> ones. They're checking out the hens. They're picking mm -hmm. up eggs. It's like the multicolor, beautiful eggs, too, at that. So I I'm telling you, it's just amazing. I love how... Um, you take the time to kind of just dedicate and give those uh, little pockets of peace and like pockets of mm -hmm. sunshine when it comes to motherhood. And it's truly inspiring. And that's one of the main reasons why I invited you to come onto this, uh, this podcast, you. because you're just, you're just doing your thing and you're such a light. And um, so okay. let's get right to it. When yeah. you guys first, uh, you know, you got married and, and did you guys plan to have kids right away? Were you trying? How, how did yeah. that happen? So my husband is five years older than me and we got married, let's see, I think I was 28 and he, so he was, what's five years older, 33. Yeah. Um, so we kind of knew we wanted to have, you know, anywhere between three and four kids. We wanted to get going. Yeah. So we actually got pregnant for the first time in 2017. Okay. Um, and then we ended up, that little baby ended up um, not staying with us forever oh, I'm and sorry. which, you know, that's like a whole nother thing to talk about, um, yeah. because I feel like so many people experience miscarriage and it's just not, um, like we're just starting to really talk about it a lot more. Yeah. But we, so we miscarried that baby in, I think, I think, in, what was it? August 20th, because the next day was the solar eclipse. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And all the doctors, I was like waiting for an ultrasound and all the doctors were standing outside watching the solar eclipse while I was sitting Insane. in the room. I was like, come on guys. That's crazy. Um, yeah, but then we ended up um, getting pregnant with my daughter Sawyer um, just baby. a couple months afterwards. And yeah, it was like, wow, it, just everything changes. I think obviously getting pregnant the first time we were so excited and over the moon and then the way that that pregnancy ended, it made us a little bit more apprehensive yeah. um, when we got pregnant with our daughter, but it also was like, we were just so excited to be blessed with another Oh, baby. absolutely. And, I, and I'm sure that puts so much things into perspective, especially when it comes to just how you go about, you know, being a mom, right? And the things that yeah. you, you put more attention towards just because you've experienced that, that feeling of loss right away, you know? Mm -hmm. It's a scary thing. And just like you said, a lot of people... When I've spoken to, you know, different moms throughout my pregnancy and even my own mom, she, you know, she experienced a miscarriage while mm -hmm. she was far along. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of people don't want to talk about it because it's such a sensitive topic. And at the same time, right, everybody deals with it differently. But one thing that I did notice is that once moms, and correct me if I'm wrong, Amanda, once moms do start to talk about it and, and they see that community or you realize like how much of a a light and uh, a blessing you could be to another mom who's going through it or went through it. It's so much more valuable when, mm -hmm. when you're able to discuss uh, something that heavy, right? Oh, totally. Yeah. And it's amazing because it's unfortunate, but amazing that when you start to talk about it, all these people that you know in your life kind of come out of the woodwork, like that happened to me and here's how I dealt with it. And I'd love to support you in this way. And all of a sudden you have this community, yeah, um, which you did, didn't expect because it is probably one of the most lonely things to go through because you are truly the only person that had that deep of a connection with that baby. Yeah. I mean, even your husband, it's they, they knew you were pregnant, but like you, your body was changing. It's a part and, of you, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I totally agree. I feel like 
talking about it is so helpful and it's there's like solidarity in it and knowing that you have a community of women who are there to step up and lift you up when you can't lift yourself up yeah. it's huge and if just if there are you know moms that will tune into this podcast and and maybe have gone through that or are recently going through that um what would you say was just something that you kept in the forefront uh, mentally and just emotionally when you were going through all of that? Yeah, well, I think, you know, for me, my faith is really important to me. And so just really leaning into that was so helpful because um, I know that even though that little baby's life was so short, it has such a purpose. And I have even yeah. got to see how that little baby's life has had a ripple effect and I've been able to walk alongside of so many other women. Um, so that, you know, that baby gets to continue to live on through every time you get to share yeah. um, their story. And also just like celebrate that baby. My kids and I, especially my daughter and I, we talk about their little baby brother or sister um, who lives in heaven Yeah, <laughs> and they'll get to meet them one day and, um, like just making them a part of your life. But, um, I guess just to know, like, just have grace on yourself as you are going through this grieving process, because it will hit you in waves when you least expect it. And it's okay. Like, it's okay to not be okay, no matter how much time has passed. Because, yeah. you know, for me, like when I think about it long enough, it, still brings me to some pretty heavy emotions, right? Because for sure that baby is so wanted and loved. And so of course just having grace with yourself and reaching out, like don't do it alone. Reach out to your community, to your mom, to your sister, to your friends, you know, whoever. And don't be afraid to go and get counseling. Like for me, that was so huge having that check-in with my counselor for a yeah. few sessions after because there's just so many emotions that you have surrounding it that are really complicated and it's so helpful to have someone to walk through it and alongside of you. Absolutely. Those are such wise words right there and just words of encouragement. So I appreciate you even opening up about that area and uh, just encouraging the moms out there because motherhood, that whole process, that entire journey is so insane, Amanda. Mm -hmm. Like just not only, not only like, are you learning so much about, you know, becoming a mom, but you're learning so much about yourself as well through that entire process. Yeah. So it's, it's literally all it's madness, but in a good way, right? In a good way. Yeah. Um, Cause you grow from that. Um, so, so you're a mom of two, you ended up having your little girl and you have a little boy. Mm -hmm. And um, throughout that entire process, what do you think um, if you had to look back right off rip, what would you say were some of the biggest most changes that you could just see right there like wow like this completely changed in my life um once you became a mom oh man everything yeah <laughs> everything changed. I, agree. I mean you know like from the minute you find out that you're pregnant everything changes like your body changes your hormones change you sacrifice yourself for yeah. nine months or 10 months if you're me. Yeah. You, oh my <laughs> gosh, you lasted at like 10 months? Almost 42 weeks. Yeah. Wow. Full <laughs> so term, you, fully baked. Yeah. And she like made me wait for it, which was Aww. frustrating. <laughs> but that's okay. Um, but yeah, I think so just like you're sacrificing your body and it's like from that very moment that you see that positive, like you are now thinking of more than one person Yeah. for, for the rest of your life. For sure. For <laughs> you sure. know, 
Um, but I think definitely the biggest thing that changed once we had our daughter was just like, I feel like the undertone is sacrifice. Like my time was not, not my own. My body was not my own. Um, everything revolved around this little person yeah, and their needs and their wants. And it was amazing and exhausting. And I feel like refining. <laughs> yes, that's a great <laughs> way to describe that. At once. Yeah, because it is a little bit different when you think about how my life changed versus how my husband's life changed when we first had our daughter, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think definitely that was a challenge as much as it is exactly what I wanted, but just the whole, my whole life revolving around someone else. Yeah. Um, and kind of that pressure of motherhood, like we have no choice but to figure it out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we put the, like, I love the fact that you said, you know, give yourself grace because yeah. it you literally are your biggest critic. You mm -hmm. are always comparing yourself. It's easy to like go down that rabbit hole of comparing yourself to other moms. Well, she doesn't mm -hmm. do this or I seen a mom do that and I want to yeah. be more like that. Or, or am I wrong for doing this? You know, just because it's different from other moms. So it's very easy to put that pressure on yourself and just oh yeah go especially down with that. the first one yeah you just want to do everything right you know yep. you don't want to mess up and so you spend like hours researching every yes. decision that you make <laughs> and then you just hope that it was the right one oh yeah <laughs> and then definitely for us like when the second one came around we realized we wanted to do certain things differently and so you have to have yeah grace having grace on yourself is like the undertone of motherhood because yeah. You're not going to get it right 100% of the time. And you're learning every day is a new adventure. It is. It um, really is. Yeah. <laughs> it's you know, crazy. Like especially when you have your infant, you're like, today, all I need to do is nurse you and change your diaper. And then all of a sudden, now you're rolling and now you're crawling and now you're yes, walking. And that's what I'm experiencing now. Dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Oh, how's how it would going? You, how would you? It's been good. It's been good. Yeah. Um, It's been amazing because it's uh, she's nine months officially this week. Oh, my goodness. So I've kind of, you know, I've been in the process of seeing more of like her personality. She's so much more goofier. She laughs about every little thing. Um, She has four teeth on the top of her, her mouth and two my at gosh. the bottom. It's like a little person. So when she's yeah. laughing, it's like the cutest thing ever with those teeth. <laughs> um, So she's she's been good. She's just been... Uh, still killing me when it comes to the sleep training, man. I haven't mastered that um, with those nighttime feeds and, you know, it's just a comfort thing for her. So we're trying to break that. And uh, that's what I've been battling right now is just trying to get, you know, a good five hours of sleep. Um, but other than that, I wanted to ask you too, the biggest thing is because you stepped away from your career as a teacher mm -hmm. to become a stay-at-home mom. And I almost feel like after I became a mom, Amanda, I thought, you know, becoming a stay-at-home mom would be like a dream come true. Yeah. Um, just because I don't want to leave her side. I want to be around her all yeah. the time. I want to be the one to care for her. And I don't want to miss a beat, you know, especially mm -hmm. when you have a career. So when did you realize, wow, I want to take a step back and I want to become a stay-at-home mom? And how was that transition when you did decide and you finally made that move, you know, like you mm -hmm. said, two months ago? Yeah. I mean, from the moment I saw her, I was like, okay, <laughs> I want to be with you. Um, and I think, you know, for me going into teaching, I love kids. I love teaching kids. I love watching connections being made and new discoveries. And so then having my own child, I mean, you know, at like nine months, they've learned so many amazing oh, yeah. things and you've seen so many milestones met and um, new skills learned. And it was like, 
It was amazing. Yeah. Like, this is where I want to be. How they retain <laughs> everything. It's like, yeah. whoa. Yeah. I'm like, this is it. This is this is where I want to be. And so um, when she was five months old, I went back full time to finish out the year. And um, it was interesting because before having kids, I always thought there's no way I would want to stay home. I know I, I was going to be excited to have my kids, but yeah. I, was like, I felt like I needed to have my career because I didn't want to feel stuck in motherhood. And I, and I had that. my daughter and I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Everything is different now. Um, and I think also that was part of that is like my husband and I spent a lot of time, um, even like while we were dating and married and leading up to having kids talking about roles and expectations. So yeah, that's that great. we had like a good foundation. So I didn't feel stuck in motherhood. <laughs> um, that's awesome. But when she was five months old, I went back to work full time and I just realized like my mind was fully in her day and fully in my work day. Like, yeah. And I was, you know, doing something with my students and they'd, they'd get settled and I could text my mom, like, how much of her bottle did she drink? Like, yeah. Yeah. When is she going to sleep? Not just, disconnected at all. Yes. I couldn't step away from it. And so um, then the next year I went part time. It's like I took baby steps out. Yeah. I went part time and then just loved it. And I was like, okay, just like praying that financially we could have make it happen fully yeah and then the next year it was the pandemic and I had my son in May right after it started and so I got to work from home that next year that's a and, blessing oh it was so good and yeah. it's it's interesting because I felt like it's really hard to leave teaching a lot of times there's kind of a stigma if you leave teaching um, I think there being a majority of um, women in teaching they all get it because they're moms too but yeah it is a little bit like oh I'm teaching so it was hard for me to make that decision. So I kind of needed the baby steps. And once I was yeah. working from home last year, I was like, I can't, I can't go back. I have to be with them full time. Yeah. And so I took a year leave and yeah, in March is when I had to decide or not March, when was it? February. Yeah. Um, I think I had to decide and I was like, I'm doing it. We're stepping both feet in we're homeschooling. We're like yes. combining both my passions, like being a mom and being a teacher. And it's been so fulfilling and chaotic all at the same time. And Absolutely. I'm just so glad that we made the choice. Yeah. And that's, you know, honestly, like I now I know for sure we're definitely going to have a part two because I would mm-hmm. love to dive in when it comes to just like teaching public school, private school, and then homeschooling. Like, I would love to discuss that with you. Um, Yeah, I'd love that. Just because that's something, like I told you before, um, I definitely want to entertain. And what I'm thinking, you know, G and I both made the decision that that's what we want to do for sure, just starting off her career when it comes to um, Mm -hmm. education. So we're definitely going to dive into that because I almost feel like I want to talk about that now, but then I'm like, (laughs) it's going to be so much. Um, so I wanted to talk about, um, you know, we did touch on a little bit of like that anxiety, but did you have any like fears going into it? Maybe that just stood out more. So maybe during pregnancy, after pregnancy, now as a mom, uh, do you have any like anxiety or fears that just kind of stick out to you when you think about that? I think, you know, obviously as parents and, and moms, we want to do what's best for our kids and also realizing like they exist outside of ourselves and we can't fully know what's going on in our head, you know, like we can do the best we can. I think that was kind of the most anxiety I had was how do I, how do I meet all of their needs? How, how do I become enough for them when I'm learning it on the fly? Like I've spent my career in education, but when you're living it every single day, you know, 24 seven, it's so different. Oh yeah. Um, And so, yeah, I think I just, 
I wanted to make sure I researched every little thing because <laughs> I oh, wanted same like, boat. whether it was like sleep training or do we do bagel and weenie or do we yeah. do purees or do we do like what bottle do we use when I go to work and she needs to take a bottle like yes, every the... little thing you know you're like up late at night researching uh-huh. and following all the Instagrams and TikToks and all the, the hacks TikToks. and tricks yes exactly and you're kind of like trying a little bit of everything yeah um and then I feel like once we had my son I kind of like sunk into my gut and once I started listening to my gut more often I feel like you became the best mom yeah I feel like the dust kind of settled and I'm like wait I do know like I can have confidence I do know what my kids need yeah and and also know that like I'm probably gonna make mistakes (laughs) and that's where like repair comes in and we just you know make things right and move along absolutely but yeah I think that's kind of every mom's like where every mom's anxiety is. Like, oh, for sure. For what sure. What need and how to meet those needs. Absolutely. And, and not mess them up. <laughs> I know, right? Okay. And then how about, did you um, experience postpartum at all? Um, With my daughter, I did not. And I don't know that I did really with my son. I think what was hard was I had had a child and when the world was normal. <laughs> and then yeah. I had my son like, May 2020 when everything was different pandemic babies Uh yeah exactly and I just I had I felt how different the postpartum experience was and there was a little bit of grieving just the level of support that I had with my daughter and you know like taking her out to restaurants or taking her to her friend's house or go like I don't know just all these yeah a social life having a baby shower in person you know like all these things that I experienced with her and I was grateful that I had been able to experience before everything changed. But I, it, yeah, that was kind of the hardest part. Um, and then it kind of like led me into though finding who my true community was, mm. which I'm very like extroverted and I've always have, have had lots of friends and I feel like through the postpartum experience with my son and just the world changing and everything, like, I feel like I really sunk into friendships that um, fed back into me as much as I was feeding into them. Wow. And so as much as, right, as much as it was hard having everything be turned up on its head, like right before you bring a human into the world, I feel like it really was a blessing. I love that. Because, yeah, because like I found like my, I found like my village, my true community that we meet like every week still together and our kids are all the same age. And so that was awesome. Um, but yeah, I think, I think, I don't think I experienced any sort of postpartum depression or anything, but I was, it was unexpected how different it was going to be going from one to two and just juggling my first child's needs with my second child's needs. And then feeling like, am I meeting anybody's needs? Cause I don't feel like I'm even meeting mine. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) And you know, that's so, that's so the fact that you say that literally leads me into this next topic um, perfectly. And it's the balancing act, right? I think motherhood becomes madness when we are juggling everything from, you know, balancing stuff emotionally, balancing it physically, um, Mm -hmm. and balancing it, doing the balancing act, you know, mentally when it comes to just ourselves, because we said it from the beginning and you mentioned it as well. We change so much, Mm -hmm. uh, from the moment that we find out we're pregnant to yeah. that entire journey 
of, you know, being pregnant for the nine months or 10 months like you were. (laughs) And then afterwards, right, learning as you go and trusting that gut. Um, But then at the same time, learning how to balance, you know, being a wife, being a mom, Mm -hmm. um, being Amanda, you know, Mm -hmm. as an independent woman, you know, and, and just trying to figure out, you know, how to make that all happen. So how did you adjust when it comes to just finding that balance and, and still to this to this day because you still have you know mm-hmm. two two little ones that are mm-hmm. absolutely gorgeous i'm telling you you guys need to go on her social media <laughs> um you. and we'll definitely have that information on this podcast and on the article um but how do you balance you know just everything that you go through yeah i think just a lot of open communication with your partner is really important because just because of the nature of like you being the person who's giving birth and who's yeah. nursing the child. And, you know, it like, I feel like it, things changed a lot more for me than they did for my husband. Um, and that's just kind of what happens. Yeah. Um, but I think having open communication, especially in the beginning, that was the hardest is like, how do I communicate my needs when like my needs are like, can I take a shower? And, you know, I think as, as a mom or like mom culture, sometimes like getting to take a shower, going to the grocery store, like we tell ourselves that's self-care, but yeah. that's just like taking care of yourself. That's exactly. not like something you get to do on top of that. So I think, yeah, advocating for what I needed was really hard at first because I felt like I just felt a lot of um, pressure, responsibility and pressure. Yeah. yeah. Over like I needed to be everything for this baby. Yep. And, and also I think because we had lost our first baby, I kind of held on tighter. Yeah. Um, and so it was like a slow release of like, no, I can trust my husband to do these things and also advocate. And it's not like, I'm not being selfish by advocating for what I need, but it's yeah. still hard with each baby, you know, in that early, those early months to advocate for what you need because it kind of is easier for you to do it than for them, but you still need to have time to yourself. Yeah. So, you know, now I feel like I've changed so much since becoming a mom and I would not go back to who I was before. Right? Same. Um, I feel the same all. way. Yeah. Cause I feel like becoming a mom pushed me to like have hobbies and oh, yeah. figure out like, who am I? And so like, I love gardening and I love like all these other things now that yeah. I didn't have any interest in before. So I think, yeah, it's like open communication and, and really just it's like a it's like a push pull give and take like reminding yourself that that mom guilt that you feel when you prioritize time away is it like doesn't really make sense yeah you know like it it doesn't need to be there like you don't need to feel guilty yeah about going and getting um dinner with your girlfriends or whatever it is or going you know, to like, target and just like yeah. you know target is amazing yes it you is. get coffee <laughs> and you get to look at Everything else from home goods to mm-hmm. clothes for you, maybe clothes for the kids. Right. You know, a little bit of everything. Yeah. Target is like my, I, I was joking with another mom uh, who I got to speak with, and I literally was joking and telling her the same feeling that I had in college when I was first introduced to like the nightlife and stuff mm-hmm. is the same feeling that I got when I walked into Target after having Avery. Yeah. I was literally like, oh, like, my gosh. I get it now. And I remember texting G. I was just like, thank you so much for giving <laughs> me this time. And, you know, because at the same time, you just like you said, I felt that pressure and I almost felt guilty that I was like stepping yeah. away. But at the mm-hmm. same time, I was like so grateful And that's another big thing is not only advocating for yourself when you need to have that me time um, Mm -hmm. with your partner, but also like showing your appreciation, uh, you know, and being grateful for that, for having someone that's supportive and being able to understand, you know? 
Oh yeah, I know. I feel like I tell my husband all the time, like I am so grateful that I have a partner who supports me 1000%. And, and you know, I feel like we really challenged a lot of like traditional roles. Yeah. Husband and wife roles, um, mom and dad roles before we had kids. So I was like, uh, we're not going to fall into that. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, sure. I won't survive if we do. So yeah, I'm, all the time I'm like, thank you so much for just being as committed as I am to yeah. all of these things. Because it really makes a difference. Um, Big time. Yeah. And, and, you know, some, sometimes he's the one that's like, it's okay if the kids cry when you leave, you have to go somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Keeping you grounded, keeping you like, yeah. you know, like, babe, let's, let's be realistic here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And he's like, also they need to know, like, like I can help them soothe too when they're oh, sad. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know? So yeah, I think, I think that finding those things outside of being a mom that you enjoy and then just like working on your positive self-talk when you step out of your little house bubble, your kid family bubble to do those things is so important. Absolutely. And and so speaking on ba- the balancing act and then just that chaotic madness of, of mm-hmm. that side of motherhood, um, what would you say have been just some tips or tricks when it comes to having that motivation, you know, uh, come, at least personally, I'm going to keep it so honest here. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I wake up in the morning I, and I, I'm telling you, I think we, we get superpowers when we become moms because yeah. the amount of energy that we can possibly have to raise a child or two or how many kids you have right. when you're exhausted. Like I, I come home really <laughs> late from work and yeah. of course, you know, we haven't mastered sleep training. So I'm up every other three hours and then to be able to wake up at 7.30, 8.30 in the morning where she's just bright-eyed, ready to yep. take on the world. And I'm like still like slump and I'm like dying over here. <laughs> that like, where somehow do you, we do it. Somehow we do it, Amanda. And I don't know how because I, honestly, I'm, I'm exhausted. Shout out to coffee. But yes. I definitely feel like what would you say are just some like tips or tricks when it comes to just encouraging moms out there. If, if you find yourself, you know, exhausted, or if you find yourself not mastering that balancing act, what are just some words of encouragement you would say uh, to the moms out there that are, that are kind of struggling? Oh my goodness. That they're doing an amazing job and that they are probably being more hard on themselves than, than they really need to be because just you existing in your children's life and loving them and doing your very best for them. Like you are their whole world and that is enough. Yeah. We just uh, were working on a parenting class and there's like the 30-70 rule. Yeah. Where if you're doing your best, like hitting the mark 30% of the time, that's all you need to build a secure attachment with your child. <laughs> mm, look at that. We got the Which facts like, over here. Yeah, like, whoa, okay. Um, or maybe it's 70% of the time. Oh, gosh, now I can't remember. <laughs> might need to look that part up. But anyways, it's not 100% of the time, Yeah. which is encouraging because sometimes we feel like we have to get it right every single time. Yeah. And if we're so tired and we are worn out and we're not able to give like what we feel like is our 100%, like whatever we have to give is our 100%. Yeah. And that that is enough. Um, and also like we get to model for our kids when we're exhausted and we're tired, like how do we take care of ourselves? Yeah. Um, for me, my son, so my daughter started sleeping through the night. I don't know, maybe like at like a year, but my son is going to be two in May and he just slept through the night for the first time last wow. night. Wow. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> so every kid is different also and yeah. it's not you. 
But I have been working really hard on um, just how do I like carve out time in my schedule for me? Because we are usually the one that gets put on the back burner like right away. Um, So like, I guess that would be my advice. Like, how could you carve out a little bit of time for you, even if it's like putting on um, like a face mask before you get in the shower? Like, that's what I do. Little happies. Yeah, usually like I have a kid with me, you know, in the shower and I just put a face mask on and it feels like I did something for me and I wash it off, you know, or whatever. Like maybe it's if you do have kids who are sleeping through the night, um, you know, waking up 20 minutes before your kids are going to wake up. Yeah. Yeah. So your coffee is hot when you drink it or, um, you know, like texting your partner, like when you get home today, I'm going to need 20 minutes to go for a walk around the block or whatever. Like what are those things that you forward to that are going to fill your cup because usually like when we're in those times when we're just so exhausted and worn down it's because we've put ourselves on the back burner for sure sometimes out of survival and like necessity but it's also okay to like carve out time for that so I would just say obviously like give yourself so much grace that you are doing the best you can with with the information you have and the circumstances that you're in so have grace continue to advocate for time to yourself and then like yeah. how can you build in supports throughout your day that are going to just like help you acknowledge like I do exist outside of being a mom like I yeah. am still Amanda I am still I'm still in there <laughs> I love that you just said a yeah. mouthful of just such wisdom and again encouragement that's exactly what I want this podcast to be the last thing that I really want to touch on because I have to do the 10 o'clock show but The last thing I want to touch on is just what you and your husband are working on. It's what you told me a little bit about it uh, before. It just sounds like an amazing project and it could be such a light for so many families out there. Uh, So can you just speak about that, what you guys have going on? Yeah. So we um, are working on creating a parenting class for our church, but we're hopeful to be able to um, put it out in other ways so other people can access it. it. And yeah, right now I'm kind of just starting on, um, starting with sharing on reels and sharing my Instagram, but um, we are working on kind of conscious, respectful, gentle parenting. So parenting with a purpose and, and how can we in doing that, like reparent our own selves because let's face it, like we're all probably working through generational cycles or trauma because because we're not, you know, like, our parents aren't perfect. We're not going to be perfect for our kids, but we're we're always trying to do better, right? For sure. So, so, yeah, we're putting this class together with just tips and strategies for how can we um, support our kids the best that we can to help them thrive. And then realizing, you know, a lot of parenting is actually about us and healing our own past traumas and our own yeah. kind of inner child. And some of us, I mean, I know in our family, like, didn't get the support that we needed as kids. And so we're learning that as adults. So, yeah, so our parenting class is how do we parent our kids in a way that supports them, heals us, and moves our whole family to the next generation on a better path. I love that. That's game-changing right there. Yeah. That's legacy right there. Yeah, yeah, because there's so much of traditional parenting that I feel like, our parents received and then they just did it and no other you know like it just keeps getting passed on without really being challenged or looked at to see like is that actually helping kids or is yeah. it is it more we're just doing it because that's what we experienced and so yeah so bringing in like child development and understanding how the kids how your brain works in general but how kids brains work and understanding your nervous system yeah and then you know also bringing in the example of um 
Christ as like, this is. I love it. The example that we have for like what gentle, godly parenting is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so on my social media, I'm sharing more of just like the general and then we're, we're kind of working to get um, some sort of a class or course put together yeah. so that yeah people can go through this journey with us. And that's like, we're inviting people to come alongside of us while we're in process so we can all be in process together. Yeah, that's which, the best way. Right? Like we don't have it all figured out. And, exactly. And that's like the best part. <laughs> I love that so much, Amanda. So now if people are interested in learning more about um, the guide that you guys are going to be, you know, that you guys are working on right now and just your platform, if they want to kind of get some of those insights that you've been sharing, how can they uh, get in contact with you or how can they just follow your journey and get more information? Yeah. Um, so follow me on Instagram at Amanda Ragus. Um, and that's kind of where I am putting out most of my information. Um, my husband is a graphic designer and so he's working on building me a website. Nice. I can also start a blog because I just love to write and I just think it'd be a really great outlet. And I also want to dig deeper into some of the content that I'm sharing on Instagram when it comes to gentle parenting and motherhood and slow living. So you can also be looking out for that. And then I am branching out into TikTok as well. Yes, so again, which you need Amanda to. <laughs> you need you know, to. I really do. Yeah, I, it's a whole other beast that I'm like just starting <laughs> to. I can waste so much time on it, but I feel like oh, it yeah. also like I learn so much. For sure. <laughs> For sure. Time. No, yeah. I already know you would be going viral. I'm telling you guys, awesome. moms out there, even dads, if you guys are just yes. looking for some insight, please follow my girl, Amanda, because she is doing her thing on that social media. I'm talking about every morning when I tune in, I'm just like, gosh, like she just gives me more of like, you're just a light. You have a, you have such a gift about you and you know, I don't even know if you recognize it, uh, but you're going to go so far and I want to encourage you um, to continue doing what you're doing because you were just on it. And, and I think it's going to not only influence a lot of moms out there, um, it's just going to be game changing overall. And, and just to have a resource like that um, to be accessible to moms and, and just to a community is going to be um, phenomenal. So please don't let up, you know, put some gasolina in your tank and just get going because you got so much that's coming your way in a great way. Oh, well, thank you so much for all of your encouragement. Yeah. And I really just enjoyed I know. all of this wonderful talk. Wow. Talk about some amazing words of wisdom, of honesty, and just true beauty when it comes to motherhood and its madness. Again, I really appreciate Amanda taking the time to speak with me for episode two. Listen, make sure to subscribe to the ANGQ podcast on all of your platforms. And if you want to be a part of the conversation, listen, email me at the ANGQ podcast at gmail.com. If you have any ideas, topics, or if you just want to be a part of the conversation on the show, don't hesitate to reach out. Again, I appreciate you guys tuning in. As always, stay blessed, family. You know, I really believe everyone has a story, and that story can change the game.